I don't know what it was that attracted me to it, but I had found myself ambling down the cobbled street of Castle Road, surrounded by the harsh concrete structures that dominated the skyline. I had little idea that this place existed. Standing by me was an ancient building built from a dark timber lattice and tile, and another made from vibrant orange brick, unlike anything in my neighbourhood. As the street remained empty and forgotten, I felt like I had been taken back in time. Across the road was a long wall that once would have been magnificent, but was now drowned by its surroundings. I crossed the road to get a closer look, and up close I could see that the wall was beginning to crumble. Weeds were pushing their way through the cracks, and I wondered if this was the castle. I walked along the length of the wall, past points where the sandstone bricks collided with great lumps of rock, and past an alcove where there was a pediment dedicated to a statue of Robin Hood, but the statue itself was long gone. I found myself at a gate guarded by two barrelling rotundas, one on either side. At first, I thought it was closed, but as I got closer, I could see that the rustling padlock, bigger than my fist, was not locked around the entire fastening, and the gate was propped open by a loose brick, but only by a crack. I peered through the peephole and could see green fields dotted with wildflowers, and a gravel path that wound its way up a jutting cliff towards a building hidden in the in-between. To look at it felt like a secret. I knew that I should not trespass, yet my curiosity for this hidden idol got the better of me, and without even thinking, I found myself squeezing through a gap to go inside. I figured I didn't have long, unless I wanted to risk getting caught or locked inside, and I had to go home soon, so I started up the twisting path without hesitation, each step astride. My eyes were wide to take in the scene but also to keep lookout for the owners of this small estate. The place was beautiful. Butterflies fluttered from plant to flower, and the sound of birdsong chirped joyfully from the green trees above. The place was overgrown and wild, but the air here felt fresher than the rest of the city. In the gardens, it felt like an Eden hidden behind four walls, but as I reached the adorning building... I began to see a different story. I stood and stared, shocked by the contrast. Like the walls outside, the building that stood before me was also crumbling away. Some of the glass panels that lined the portico were shattered and only jagged pieces clung to its frame. One of the columns had even been smashed and now laid on the floor in a pile of dust like a fallen soldier. Paint was peeling off in chunks, and on one side, black scorch marks scarred the facade. What had happened here? I wondered. Whatever it was, it could not have been recent. The whole site felt like it had been abandoned. The main door was closed, but when I tried to enter, a timid hand barely touching the handle, I found it to be unlocked. The lights were off, and although it could only have been a little past midday, it was dark. There was no sign of occupation, so I cautiously stepped inside. To find what, I wasn't sure. Perhaps more clues? Anything that could tell me what or who was once here. I came into the foyer and my footsteps echoed through the expanse. The place was almost completely empty, 
but it seemed to whisper at my arrival. I tried to listen, hoping to hear the walls talk and tell me what it was, but I heard nothing. Still, I couldn't shake the feeling of mystery and foreboding that crept its way into my skin until the hairs on my arms and the back of my neck stood on end. I shuddered. Only ghosts live here. I continued to walk the halls and continued up a great staircase to see very little. I came to a long room, much brighter than all of the others, but only because the glass ceiling had shattered all over the floor, the glass of which now crunched below my feet, but it was barren save for a few skeletal remains. I paused, wondering why I had decided to come here, and what I was supposed to do, having now done so. I breathed out a sigh and resigned myself to go home and try to forget about it, as I surely would not be able to return for more. Who are you? A voice shouted behind me, just as I was about to turn and leave. I jumped back, trying not to fall on the glass. I had been caught. By whom, though, I wasn't sure. A police? The owner? A thief? I dared to turn around. The person in front of me looked stern and protective, as they pointed a torch accusingly towards me. It was a woman dressed all in black, and with the torch they looked more suspicious than I did. Answer me, she ordered. Who are you? I'm Ilim East, I replied. My voice shook. What are you doing here? she asked. I don't know, I replied. I went for a walk, and I saw the gate open, and I just wanted to have a look. I didn't mean to intrude. (coughs) I stumbled over my words trying to explain myself, but I didn't think it was working. The woman continued to stare at me with her stern expression. I can tell you for a fact there isn't that much to look at, she said. What are you doing here? I asked, if you know that there's nothing left. The woman almost laughed. You think I'm here to steal? She chuckled. No, I wouldn't dream of it. I'm its protector. You're the owner? No, she replied. It doesn't have one, not anymore. Or at least it doesn't have one that cares. Do you know what this place is? The woman dropped her torch to her side and she looked at me incredulously. This is Nottingham Castle, of course. It was my turn to look at her in disbelief. How had I not known? I must admit, I told her, it doesn't look much like a castle. You mean besides the ruin? I don't blame you. But no, the castle went centuries ago. This is the Ducal Palace, but that doesn't quite have the same ring to it. I looked around, but I still had so many questions. I wasn't sure how many she was prepared to answer, but she had dropped her guard. Now that she had seen I meant no harm, and that I wasn't here to loot what little remained of this palace. Do you know what happened here? I asked. It's a long story, she started. And I thought she was going to leave it at that. I was surprised, therefore, 
when she started to go on, Lee walking through the room as she did. I could tell you its entire history, but I suppose you're wondering why it's in such a state. This is a castle, right? It's supposed to be grand and rich. Yes, please, I urged, following her through the room. Well, this palace stopped being a palace a long time ago, and for a while it used to be a museum all about Nottingham's history and art. In 2020, there was a massive project to redevelop and make something new. A new building, new exhibitions, a full makeover. I don't suppose I was any older than yourself when it happened. It was really successful, but that was short-lived. I'm afraid. We were already going through a bit of an economic downturn, trying to get back on our own feet after leaving the EU. Food and living expenses grew more expensive and people just couldn't afford to visit us anymore. But we got by for a few years, just about on funding and the odd ticket sale. Every year, however, the government decided to chip away just a bit more funding, and a bit more, until we were struggling to make ends meet, and we couldn't afford to maintain it the way we once did. Whole exhibits closed so that we could pay off the electric bill, Well, that was only the start of a few series of unfortunate events. Tensions with Russia kept growing and growing for years until they reached a boiling point. About 19 years ago, they declared war, and that sends the whole country into a spin. The government, which was becoming increasingly extreme, jumps in and declares a state of emergency, making themselves the sole power in the country, and they decide that if we are to win the war, then we have to put everything into the military. They passed new legislation that essentially rewrite the very way the country worked. It became utilitarian, as you can probably see. To keep funding, you had to prove that you were useful, and anything that was deemed useless was cut. Sadly, art was part of that list. With the dwindling visitors, we just could not defend our position. We lost all of the funding. Every single penny was now being siphoned into the army. We had no other option but to close indefinitely. We continue on, though. A handful of volunteers stay and maintain the objects that we used to have and what few resources we can provide ourselves. But eventually, not even that was enough. A few years ago... But I don't suppose you're old enough to remember. There were mass salutings across the country. The government had taken every single object of value and had auctioned them off abroad for more profit. There were protests, of course. We tried to put up a fight, but they set fire to the building to distract us. And some of it remained, but over time desperate thieves would come in and slowly take the rest for their own gain. Now, there's hardly anything left. I was astonished by the story. What is art? I asked. Oh my goodness, the woman replied. Art is everything beautiful in the world, from literature to paintings and sculpture, fashion and design. How have you never heard of art? Well, we didn't really get taught it in school, I explained. All I know is facts and textbooks and words I don't think I've ever seen a painting or a sculpture I wish I had never seen a painting she replied then I wouldn't have to mourn the loss so much 
Why are you here if there's nothing left, I asked, inquisitive. What curiosity that led me here had only grown tenfold since this woman appeared. We've managed to save a few things in the basement. I'm glad that they never tried to get in there. It's not enough to reopen, but we're planning on it, as volunteers. We want to bring art back to Nottingham and prove that we have use. We're just waiting for the right moment. Is that why you're here today? Yes. We had just finished our meeting and we were on our way out. And then I heard your footsteps on the glass. And then that's how I found you. Can you show me some art? I asked. Oh, I don't know, she replied. I promise not to tell anyone. Oh, then I don't see why not. How are we meant to spread the message if we keep our basement locked? Follow me. The woman led me down the stairs, back through the darkness of the halls, towards an inconspicuous door. She stopped to pull out a set of keys. It's a copy, she told me. We all have a copy, just in case. She did not expand on what that just in case meant. I held my breath as she inserted the key into the lock and twisted. The door creaked open with a rusty creak as she pulled up her torch and turned it on. Are you ready? I nodded. She took my arm and together we carefully descended the stairs into the cold basement. When we got to the bottom of the stairs, she stopped and flashed her light across the room. Inside were shelves stacked to the brim with boxes. Against one wall, an assortment of ornate gold frames glinted in the light. I gasped. Contained in this room were things I could never conceive. I did not possess the imagination and for a moment I wondered if any of this was real. I walked over to the frames. What are these? I asked. They're the paintings, the woman joined me. Artists would use pigments to draw pictures, some real, some imaginary onto canvases. She pointed to a square painting of a flower pot against a deep blue sky. This one was painted by Winifred Nicholson in the 1900s. It's in an impressionistic style. She found a way to take this scene, this ordinary view from a window, and turn it into something wonderful. It's beautiful, I whispered. It is. I looked around at all the other shelves, and I did not know what was in all of the boxes, on all of the shelves, and to think that there was a whole world inside this room was overwhelming. I did not know where to look next, and I sat frozen in amongst the spectacle. Let me show you my favourite piece, the woman offered, and I nodded. She left the torch behind, and as she disappeared round the shelves, only for a few long moments of anticipation. She returned, carrying a white plastic garment bag in her arms, cradling it gently as if it were her child, and she gazed upon it in the same way. She carefully came over to me and instructed me to hold the torch above. I obliged and watched as she peeled away the casing to reveal a dress. It was unlike any dress I had seen in my life. I was used to plain cotton with stiff collars and basic shapes. The dress that laid before me was a marvel. It was a long skirt constructed of three delicate tiers and a matching bolero made of the same fabric. It was paper thin and I could see right through the sleeves. This is, I pondered, unbelievable. I dared not to touch it in case I damaged it, because it looked so beautiful, 
and I worried about it vanishing before my eyes. But I did, just for a moment, and the skirt moved like it was dancing by itself. The dress is made from shiftly lace, the woman told me, in 1951. Nottingham used to be famous for it, but the craft died even before this reform. It was made as a testament of recovery after the Second World War. It's my favourite because it gives me hope. Maybe one day we can recover again. Maybe one day beautiful things like this will exist again. Maybe, I signed. I thought of how extraordinary the world would be if we walked around in clothes like this every day. Is there any way I can help with what you're doing? Oh, we can always use a helping hand. Maybe having someone young like you could help prove that it's not just us old cronies that care. But have a think about it, all right? I don't want you to enter this lightly, and you must not tell a soul unless you can trust them. Not until we're ready. I promise. The woman packed up the dress, carefully placing it back into the bag and wrapping it in translucent paper. She hung it back on the shelf. Let's go. We ascended back up the stairs and I took one more glance at the arbor hid away from harm. The woman locked the door and took me back out into the gardens. We walked silently down to the gate. Neither of us felt like we had to speak as we appreciated the secret that we now shared. As we approached the gate, I did not want to go through in case this place disappeared or I never found it again. But I did, and I was pleased when the gate did not dissolve from view. The woman locked it up and extended her hand out to me. It was lovely to meet you, Ilum, she said. You too. If you ever want to return, or you do want to help, you will be most welcome. Just don't give us such a fright as this, okay? Sure. And if I'm not around, and someone asks if they're not a policeman... Tell them that you know me. Okay, but I'm sorry. I never got your name. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm Carmen. I hope we meet again. Me too. Carmen turned on her heels and with a friendly wave started walking away down the road past the magnificent wall and I made my way back at the cobblestones gazing at the unique buildings that I appreciated even more and headed home.